0: What's up everybody? Welcome to Podcast Beyond IGN's number one PlayStation podcast. I'm your host Mark Medina and I'm joined this week by Alex Stedman. Hi, happy to be here. <laughs> and Matt Kim. NBC. No, <laughs> Beyond. <laughs> well, speaking of, uh yeah, we're we're going to get into why Alex is here because it's a very very exciting time for me, but in typical ign promotion fashion there's a whole bunch of stuff i have to read for you guys so i'm basically just gonna read it verbatim and hopefully everybody is just okay with that uh this is for what is this the 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 ign plus okay i'm just gonna read it if you like ign we've got something cool for you head to ign.com slash rewards for perks and discounts on things like dream gear power a humble bundle and the ign store and more you can even enter to win one of five ign dx racer gaming chairs there's new Stuff every week and it's free for everyone. If you want more, we've also got IGN Plus. It's a brand new program loaded with tons of cool perks and benefits, including free games, a map genie plus subscription, and so much more. We've got a limited time deal going where we where you can get it for two fifty a month. That's two dollars and fifty cents. So head to IGN.com slash rewards and click on upgrade since you deserve a little extra. How was that? We good? We did Sold. it. We did a promo. Signing up right now. Oh
1: we really solid. I got him. We got one. <laughs> uh,
0: a couple other things of housekeeping we have before we start the show proper is everybody's favorite Nintendo plumber guy. He's getting a trailer on uh, Thursday. Okay. And so we are doing a live MVC reacts to the trailer. That, so that'll be at 1 p.m. Pacific. They announced a direct for that today as well. But this is not a Nintendo po- you know voice chat podcast, so we're not going to get too into it. And then uh, Street Fighter Six. The beta drops on Friday, October 7th, so my good friend Mitchell Saltzman and the voice of Luke, Alex Lay, I guess I should have looked that up, on October 7th, they're going to play the beta for everybody, and that's at 1 p.m. on our uh, Twitch stream as well.
2: That's cool.
0: Yeah. This has been the most advertising podcast so far ever. Okay, one more bit of housekeeping. This is something that I've kind of hinted at in the comments, and some of the savvy people in the comments have noticed. Um, But people have been wondering, you know, what's next for Beyond now that Jonathan Dornbush has left us forever and is just but a memory in my heart. Uh, And the answer is you'll find out very soon. Uh, Next week is going to be my last week hosting podcast beyond. And my last week as like a regular reoccurring member. I'm not saying I'll never pop up again, uh, but next week is my last like week as uh, uh, you know, As a permanent member and host of Beyond. So it's been really, really fun hosting the show. We'll go over that more next week when Jada's here and all that good stuff. Uh, but for now, it's just something I wanted to let everybody know. Okay, we have a show to do. Let's talk about things that are fun. (laughs) We're like 30 minutes into the podcast. So this has been a a news-filled week. So we're gonna talk about CD Project Red. We're going to talk about all the movies and stuff that are in development, but first we have to go over the biggest news that dropped over the weekend, which is that Horizon Zero Dawn is getting a remaster slash remake, and we don't know quite what to make of it. So just to quickly catch everybody up, there's been reports, this is all alleged, uh, that the game is basically getting a remaster. All of the details from it have been points towards the fact that it's going to get a remaster. It's going to get new graphics options, which is what, like Spider-Man and like Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart got. Uh, It's going to get the accessibility options of uh, Forbidden West and, um, you know, just overall graphical improvements. It kind of spiraled, and a lot of people think it's going to be a a full-on remake. It could be. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but uh I want to start with Matt. Matt, when you saw this news, what, what what was the first thing that went through your mind?
2: Uh I mean the first thing that I saw when I saw the headline on Twitter was why, but you know, <laughs> beyond, but after that, you know, after the dust settled uh and people uh I I think the I think the re, I think the reason why there was so much confusion is The Last of Us Part 1 just came out and so the mm-hmm. idea of a full-on remake was in was fresh in people's minds and so when people hear remake or remaster they kind of think to the most nearest one which is that but i'm i think after reading some of the people's reports it sounds more like what happened to spider-man and and all those other like smaller upgrades so i don't think it's going to be a full-on remake so after that i guess i'm just like well i mean if if this is a project that they wanted to do over at gorilla and and they feel that this is a, a good way to get people to to play the first one again then you know go for it
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of my thoughts as well. It's like, you know, your gut reaction is, what, this game, okay, like, Last of Us, you can kind of be like, all right, well, that kind of made sense. The game came out in 2013 for the PS3, got remastered, but yeah, they want to remake it, shiny new version for the HBO show. But like, Horizon is five years old. It's already received a PS5 patch, not a PS5 native version, but a PS5 patch. And in that patch, like, the game looks great. It runs beautifully. It was very, very confusing why (laughs) this is like a thing but we have some theories and this is where i want to introduce why alex steadman is here alex before we get into it i I want you to tell the audience like what you do at ign
1: yeah so it's funny that i'm here on our playstation (laughs) podcast because i'm actually an entertainment editor at ign i oversee our entertainment uh reviews so basically any movie tv reviews i oversee that i write a lot of them um, but I also really like video games, so it's fun when I get to come on one of these podcasts. And there is a lot of overlap with the mm-hmm. two because I feel – the thing I keep on saying is that video game adaptations are the new comic book adaptations. Everyone wants their MCU, but for video games. So I, I find that I, there's a lot more overlap than there used to be.
0: Yeah, we, we've been trying to get Alex on forever, and I'm like I'm – <laughs> I was trying to figure out a way. And I'm like, okay, so we're going over this Horizon stuff, and I'm like, well, it's clear the horizon is being remade remastered whatever because of the upcoming netflix horizon show and then i was like this is it we found our alex stedman episode every so- time
1: there's like some kind of overlap <laughs> like nvc they were like oh the sonic 2 movie well my alex <laughs> I for that. i'm like yeah let's do it
0: <laughs> every time a video game show thing happens you have to yeah. get alex um but yeah alex what are your thoughts on the fact that this is probably existing because of a horizon netflix show <laughs>
1: I mean, so I have mixed feelings on it overall. Like, I think the question, the answer to the question is, do, does Horizon Zero Dawn need a remake? Is no, <laughs> like, <Nope. laughs> I, I love the fact that it's getting the accessibility features, but there's also part of me that feels like there could be a patch, but also I just kind of feel like company's gonna company and they mm-hmm. wanna make money. And I think Horizon Zero Dawn's going to get a lot of new fans from the show. And I, one of the things that I keep keeping an eye out in video game adaptations is, are they trying to appease fans of the game, or are they trying to get new fans of the game? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I kind of feel like The Last of Us in particular will be more of the latter. And we don't really know anything about Horizon, like the show yet, so it's kind of hard to say. But to me, it's, like, they're really trying to, like, fill this ecosystem of, like, oh, you watched the show? Well, maybe you can play our game and we'll make more <laughs> money that way. And I'm not actually mad about it. It's kind of smart. <laughs> like, yeah. And if like, and it also makes sense for it to match up with the sequel because then you can watch the show and then play the first one with the graphics that match the sequel. And then you can play the sequel.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Matt, Matt what, what are you going to do? If this is a full on $70 remake,
2: probably not play it. <laughs> what? A rational yeah. irrational normal answer.
1: <laughs> and I think I'm the all- counter argument is like they could be making other games but like right my backlog has a backlog we can unpopular opinion we can slow down for a
0: second oh my gosh (laughs) we were me and uh our our other reviews editor dan stapleton were just talking on twitter and i was like if there was a world where suddenly no other games came out for the next 10 years i'd probably be fine with that
1: yeah every time a game is delayed i'm like all right (laughs) <laughs> that gives me another Perfect. month to like, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, because I was I was just talking with, uh, with the official Xbox Twitter account about Far Cry 6. And I was like, <laughs> I love that game. I loved it up until I put it down one day and I just stopped playing. And somebody responded and they're like, why? And I'm like because just so many things were coming out like i love this game and i would have loved to have played it more um i also love this idea of playing games that i wouldn't have otherwise played because suddenly you know you're you have time to like actually explore your options than always trying to stay like uh, super current <laughs> We had uh, a few write-ins. One of them is from a uh, friend of the show, k on Twitter. And he said, hello, Beyond Crew, k here. He said, rather than asking what you think the Zero Dawn Project is, I'm wondering what you want it to be. He said he's personally hoping it's a remaster plus in the same vein of Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which makes more sweeping upgrades to the game like character models, animations, lightings, and UI, while still being the same game running underneath. This can be sold as a $20 upgrade for those who bought the original game. Thanks and keep up being awesome. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. Like, I don't, I, if this gets the Ghost of Tsushima Death Stranding treatment, I, I'm like completely there because it's a cheaper price. It's still the base game, but with like a, you know, a few like improvements, but the idea of them remaking Horizon sounds like weird, but At the same time, like, I guess I kind of get it because there there's just, you know, there is that need with the shows. And it got me thinking even further. There's a lot of PlayStation shows in the works right now. (laughs) And so if this is going to be a trend. I'm wondering what else we're going to see. So right now we have The Last of Us, right? And The Last of Us. HBO show comes out next month or next year, sorry. And so now you have your remake prime to go. Uh, What about like Twisted Metal? Because that has a Peacock series. Alex, do you know anything about that show?
1: I know nothing about it, but every time I see a picture of it, I'm like, is this like Insane Clown Posse? Well, like, what is this? Like, I don't, (laughs) but I'll probably watch it and maybe it'll get me into the games. Like, I'm really curious to see how each, um studio approaches their video game adaptations mm-hmm. and like i feel like i i like like i was saying earlier are you expanding on the world for the game fans or are you trying to bring new fans into it and i think the last of us is going to be you're trying to bring new fans into it um whereas you compare it to like something like cyberpunk edge runners which i feel like that was more for the fans of the game because you're kind of expanding on the lore of the game um I don't know anything about Twisted Metal, but no, it looks that's ridiculous. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kind of here for it because it looks really silly.
0: <laughs> well, and Twisted Metal is kind of like, it's this... I don't want to say dormant, but it's 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 a franchise that just hasn't been around for a while and it's making me wonder is like a, they're making a show to kind of re, like revitalize this franchise. I feel
1: like but... that would make a lot of sense because <laughs> otherwise like why are you making a Twisted Metal show? Like most people don't know right. what that is. So I would not be surprised if they like announced some kind of like reboot or revival or a new game because that seems to be like the pipeline, which I find very interesting, but it's smart mm-hmm. like they're making their own little cinematic but also gaming universe is right like i'm i'm excited to see it (laughs) what about ghost
0: of tsushima matt like that game is a game that is even newer than horizon zero dawn and has a native ps5 version what do you Uh, what do you do you you think they're gonna time it maybe with ghost of tsushima 2 or the movie yeah, the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. oh, like, for sure. Like, what kind of, what, what gaming, if this is going to be their trend that every time a movie or a show comes out and they need to respond to that in the gaming world, where do you see Ghost of Tsushima?
2: Yeah, probably a sequel, right? Or, or mm-hmm. something, you know, with the, uh, with the, like, hey, check out the movie in theaters. And then, like, you know, what would be cool is if, uh, PlayStation Studios gets really, like, rolling with, uh, with their sort of, like, you know, but synergy is the word, I guess, is they could just be like, go to the theaters, watch Ghost of Tsushima and check out the first trailer for Ghost of Tsushima 2, you know, on a big right. screen or something. Like, that'd be neat. But, yeah. oh, I didn't oh, think but, about that. That could be cool. Yeah.
1: I also didn't want to be the first person to say synergy. So I'm glad. Yeah,
2: Synergy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, Cyn- cinem- all, we all cinematic have MBAs synergy. here. Yeah, we've all got MBAs. We all we all been to business school. We know what's up. <laughs> i'm like no,
1: that's, yeah i i totally i think that like you like buy a ticket to the movie and maybe you get some kind of dlc or like some kind of like early access thing like there's tons of possibilities that you could do with this and i and all of them make more money <laughs> for the studio so why not i only
0: go to the theaters to watch early trailers for the upcoming christopher nolan movies okay so yeah um, i don't know with the countdowns and everything yeah, I don't know if I can keep committing to that just for trailers. But what are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> I just go for the Nicole Kidman thing.
0: I don't even know what that is.
1: <laughs> Wait, you've never seen the AMC Nicole Kidman ad?
0: I don't think so. Describe um, it to um, me. It's shot by shot.
1: It's <laughs> so when you go to when you go to AMC, it's like before the movie starts, it's Nicole Kidman and she's sitting in the theater and she's speaking beautifully in her Australian accent and she's like. Sure heartbreak feels good in a place like this <laughs> and then like and then it gets really epic and if you go to the movies a lot you know that ad by heart and yeah. it's yeah
0: i've it's never iconic. i've never seen
2: could, it there's a sequel coming there's a sequel to that There is, yeah
1: amc's uh really banking on the nicole kinman amc cinematic universe i'm here for
2: it well i hope i
0: see the first one before they see the sequel <laughs> no the, la- the last movie <laughs> i saw in theaters was clerk's three, which was bookended by uh did either of you see 3 in theaters? No. So it's like bookended by Yeah. It's oh my gosh, Matt, get on that. Mm. Um it's bookended by, you know, Kevin Smith is like a minute long um basically, you know, uh forward to the movie and then the movie plays and then about halfway through the credits the song cuts out and it's just Kevin Smith again just talking about like I never thought this would be a thing and it's like it's I it it was very sweet and it was very nice and I will admit I got up halfway through and left because I was just like (laughs) I was like are we done like I get it, but like it's late. I'm kind of ready to just go. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I want to beat like the parking garage. Exactly,
0: exactly. I was like, all right, I've I've seen enough. I have have to let Clerks 3 process. I can't process this at the same time. Uh, There's a few other things in in production. We know God of War is getting an Amazon TV series that we know zero about, but it's got me primed to think that God of War is going to get some sort of remake because God of War came out in 2018. So by the time this Amazon show starts kicking in the gear, that you know, old Jim Ryan over there is gonna be like, Well, you know, we should probably remake God of War. So, um, that one's pretty, you know, in there. Um, but then uh grand Turismo. We don't know if that's a movie or a show,
2: but that's like a thing. I heard that, I thought that was a movie, right? That's got the uh what's his name? District nine guy.
1: Oh yeah Maybe maybe it is.
2: Yeah. Oh I mean I you know what you're right now that I think about it, it could be a because. Famous directors are now making TV shows. All I know is True. Neil mm-hmm. Blomkamp is involved in that one, and that one has a crazy premise where a person who's very good at, I believe, driving simulators gets a chance to become an actual race car driver. Is I think the that the, the sur- summary I read okay. online There's
1: another like subgenre of game adaptations that I'm very curious about. Like, it's mm-hmm. not so much telling the story of the game but it's like about the game yeah know? like like a like mythic quest i feel like is a good example of that where it's like not hmm. ad- adapting a game but it's still about video games
0: i don't know the world's number one apple tv podcast makes its return <laughs> we, we s- did stay it on
1: brand baby
0: you you thought we'd go an episode <laughs> mythic didn't quest happen
1: three, november
0: apple tv <laughs> sponsored this podcast we... <laughs> We've done so much shilling for a podcast that doesn't recognize us even <laughs> once. the the amount, tw- <laughs> the amount of the amount of tweets I've Severance. gotten where people were just like "Severance is so good," and I'm like, "Thank you." <laughs> I know. Good. What I put my career on the line for that show. Oh, <laughs> uh, I uh, um, yeah, I don't know which one's Anthony Mackie in. That's Twisted Metal, right? He's in Twisted Metal. Yeah,
2: okay, he's not. He's playing John Doe and uh he's not his name? S- he's not sweet tooth no will arnett is sweet tooth oh that makes sense okay
1: oh i really like both those people yeah I might actually watch twisted metal on peacock What if I, I well mean, you know
0: i don't, I don't you know. said you said you're not ultra familiar with uh with uh twisted metal sweet tooth is a clown who drives an ice cream truck who has fire for hair so will that arnett is the only playing thing that character. Is like I'm I'm super into that, so I'm fine <laughs> with that. I, I've I've preached on this podcast before that Need for Speed starring Aaron Paul is a very good movie. So oh,
1: I, I movie.
0: you thank you. <laughs> I'm glad that there's other believers on this podcast now. Last time I was shamed out of the room. Um, so I believe in a Gran Turismo movie because yeah, it's just you know it's a it's a movie about cars. We might have lost Matt. Or he's just scow. Oh no, he was. He was just scowling. Oh, Because yeah. I said Need for Speed. I was like, he's frozen.
2: Nope. No. He was frozen in anger. He,
1: he was ha- having body experience was, over I, the take.
2: I tried watching Need for Speed on an airplane, and I got about twenty minutes in, and I was like, "This is. I could be watching another airplane movie."
0: <laughs> no, why would you, watch why would you watch a car movie on an airplane? Yeah. I uh, and then finally, there's a Gravity Rush thing in the works that, like, I don't think any of us know anything about, but we covered it a few weeks ago. Um, exciting because we like Gravity Rush here on Podcast Beyond, but also just, like, what is this? We don't I mean, know. I hope it's an anime. It'd be weird if it was live action. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and then, weirdly, this is in PlayStation Studios, but the medium is getting a show. And so, basically, I'm painting the pi- picture here that... The, the curse of movies and shows that are video game adaptations seems to be over. And this is something we covered last week. Uh, and it's something I wanted to go over with you, Alex, which is basically like between Edge Runners and The Witcher and all these future projects, Last of Us looks like it's going to be really good. Uh, is this a trend you're excited for? Or is this something that you just like expected was always going to happen?
1: Yes and no. Okay, so here's my – I I will eventually write, like, a thesis on video game adaptations because I have so many thoughts on them. Mm -hmm. So I think I said it earlier that I I truly think video game adaptations are the new comic book adaptations. But the Mm -hmm. difference between game adaptations and comic adaptations is that when you adapt a comic book, you're inherently bringing something new to it because comic books are a static medium. Like, Mm -hmm. so if if you make a movie based on a comic book, obviously you're bringing it to life in a whole new way. But if you make a movie or TV show based on a game, you need to bring something really new to that approach because video games aren't static and they're also not passive, they're active. You're like in this world, so it already feels a little richer. Mm -hmm. So when you say you're adapting a video game, first of all, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to build on this world and satisfy fans of the game? Or are you just trying to adapt the story for people who want to consume that story in a more passive way? So all of that is to say, I've been extremely interested to see how different companies have taken this approach. And I think two gold standard examples of the way to do it right and kind of offer something new that the game didn't is Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which our very own Matt Kim, don't know if you know him, uh, he gave it a 9 out of 10 for IGN, and Arcane, which we gave a 10 out of 10, which Mm -hmm. I agree with. And both of those weren't like straight adaptations, but rather kind of building on the world These are very rambly thoughts that I'm having to a very. No, no, no. (laughs) It's it's it's
0: it's something I never really thought about. Like cyberpunk edge runners is we talked about these yesterday. We hesitate to bring up The Witcher because The Witcher is an adaptation of the books. Yes, it did like spark um popularity in witcher 3 again like it hits steam charts again stuff like that but that's it's a little different and it's something cdpr i think took note of but it's not something they intended which is where edge runners comes in but edge runners is a little bit of a different case because edge runners took everything from cyberpunk 2077 from sound effects to the soundtrack to the setting like that anime just takes place in Cyberpunk 2077's world, where your first thoughts with something like Horizon is who's going to play Aloy, and my my mm. gut reaction after seeing Edge Runners is what if Aloy's not even in the Horizon show, and it just takes place in the Horizon oh, world?
1: Yeah. That's I, a really I'm interesting I'm kind of liking that. <laughs> I've yeah, never well, thought about that.
0: I, I'm just kind of like Edge Runners just did it so good. That I would rather them follow that trend instead of, like, The Last of Us, there's no doubt, right? That is 100% just a (laughs) shot-for-shot remake retelling of the the first game. So, you're like, okay, that's great. And that's probably the way most of these shows are going going to go. We're going to see Kratos as the star of the Amazon show and stuff like that. But, I don't know, I think Cyberpunk just did it so, so well. And, in my opinion, kind of kicked off a trend of what it could be, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because cyberpunk's kind of having like a little mini renaissance because right. of Edge Runners, and I we were talking about this earlier too. Like so many, like everyone I know who has watched Edge Runners and is enjoying it, myself included, are just like, "Oh, I want to go play Cyberpunk again." Like, and so I totally understand the approach of you know releasing something new or releasing a remake or a remaster when you release a show. Because mm-hmm. even if you even if you have played the game, it may reinvigorate like you know that spark that makes you want to get involved in that world again. And then the video game studio shows up and says, "Hey, if you want to give us seventy bucks, you can experience this again." Like- yeah.
0: <laughs> to, to me in Edge Runners, it was when David receives his first phone call, oh. and it's that classic like ringtone, and I was like, I literally paused it. And I was like, "That's that's from the game." Like, that's ripped right from the game. They did then, the like, thing that I know. Yep, yep. <laughs> there, there was a moment before that as well. It might be a little too spicy, but I, whatever. They were doing a brain dance. Oh, they called it a BD right at the beginning. And so I tell my wife, I was like, just so you know, a BD is like, it's a brain dance, which is basically like a VR thing. And as you can see here, he's using it as this like power fantasy. That's how the show starts. I was like, usually they use it for pornography and then it was like the <laughs> next scene and I'm like I told you <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's cy- cyberpunk baby I was yeah. like I've
0: never been more on the nose with, with, with something like that so it uh it was a good moment but uh speaking of uh, okay so there's something I just want the audience to know we are all in agreement that Horizon Zero Dawn doesn't need a freaking remake right we are good good I don't want to hear it in the comments about the Sony shills and they'll just do anything. No, it's stupid. And if you remember our Last of Us episode, we said that the Last of Us remake didn't need to exist either. If you don't want it, just don't buy it. Once yeah, you stop buying it, Jim Ryan will stop making them. But until you do that, he's just going to keep chugging away at them.
1: He's hard at yeah. work right now. My, my outlook on it is, I think, far too zen. Like, yeah, it's going to exist. i not going to yeah.
0: buy it. Yeah, I mean, that was that was our thing with The Last of Us. Like, it exists. It's not for me. And if you don't want it, just don't buy it.
2: Yeah. Same thing with the Spider-Man remaster, right? It came Mm -hmm. packaged in with Miles Morales. I bought it and I got, you know, both games. I played Miles Morales. I did not touch Spider-Man because I already played that game.
0: Yep, I I booted it up because I have the Spider Man Platinum and it's one of those auto pop ones. Mm. So you just you just boot it up and you just get the free platinum. That's the that's the extent of me turning <laughs> on that game it was just for that. My if you look through my capture on my PS5, there's just a billion screenshots of the home screen because every it's every single time I got a trophy, it would take oh. a screenshot and it's just Spider Man on like on the side of a mountain or on yeah. the side of a building, just kind of being like oh, that's um, a
1: cool shot though.
0: It's cool. Oh, it's, hold on, hold on. You just see it like 40 times if you <laughs> scroll through my capture <laughs> enough. Um, okay. Speaking of cyberpunk, we, we got a CD Project Red direct this morning, which was like, it was like literally an hour ago. And so it kind of derailed every all the other plans we had for the show because I'm like, well, we have to talk about this because this is it's big news without being big news. So Matt, I told you earlier I was going to toss to you because I'm not super versed on everything that happened. So take it away, buddy.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it wasn't a direct. It was an investor relations call, and so they were <laughs> telling their investors their future plans for for the company. And as part of this, like you know. Uh, like here's what we're doing they just announced their like slate of games for the next like 10 plus years they they announced uh we already knew there was a new witcher game coming out that was part of a new trilogy they they reconfirmed that so they announced three new witcher game or three witcher games as part of a core trilogy that they're developing at cdpr uh, and they... i'm sorry
0: is that is that is that starting with the witcher game that they've already announced
2: Yeah, so that's part of that trilogy. So there's not going to be four Witcher games. There's going to be three Witcher games, starting with that new one that's being built on Unreal Engine five, and that one has the code name Canis Joris. Uh, Sure. And yeah, and so that's developed internally at CDPR. Uh, They they announced which studios are handling each of these projects. uh, By the way, as part of like their plans, which are also very cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. They got a project named Orion, which is the code name for the next cyberpunk game. So they essentially confirmed Cyberpunk twenty seven. Two or Cyberpunk 2089, sure. whatever they want to go with. Uh,
0: 2078.
2: That, yep, and that will exactly. also be developed by CD Projekt, but in a new studio based in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, then they've got a couple of smaller or what seemingly non-core things. So they got a project named Sirius, which is a codename for a game developed by a studio called The Molasses Flood, which did uh, fire in the water, fire in the river, something like that. Uh, And that's set in the Witcher universe, so that's going to be a Witcher game. Uh, And then they have a new IP that they announced, codenamed Hadar. Uh, that's That's not Witcher and not CD Projekt, but a new third IP altogether. And that's also a CDPR joint, so not external it
0: always makes me wonder cuz it's like you know this is like nitty gritty like development stuff but it's like when you know certain developers not personally but you just know of them right you always wonder who's going on where and so i really like pavel sasco i think he's really really yeah. good and i'm always and so that when i when i first saw this i was like so what's he going to be working on
2: <laughs> that's always <laughs> it's great it's my nerdy stuff oh sorry yeah <laughs> Yeah, uh, the guy, you know, like all these people, you know, the, although their C co-founder stepped down as part of this announcement. Uh, mm. Marcin, Marcin Luce, yeah, it's, these names are very difficult. That's it.
0: Oh, uh, you got it.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's stepping down as co-founder or co-head, I guess, of the studio. So, you mm. know, employment shuffles as well.
0: Alex, are you, Matt, I want to get back to you real quick. But, Alex, I want to start with, uh, like, how versed are you in you know uh, any of these properties as far as like the witcher i know you said you were playing cyberpunk and all that
1: yeah yeah so i've only played the witcher 3 but i love the Witcher three yeah (laughs) i feel like there's so many people like that (laughs) (laughs) and i played cyberpunk 2077 and so for me it makes total sense for them to just double triple quadruple down on the witcher and as you know obligatory as the entertainment editor i just find it fascinating how profitable Geralt is because you look at how much CDPR is investing in The Witcher and then you look at how much Netflix is investing Mm -hmm. in The Witcher like there are multiple franchises right now happening just around The Witcher right it's like absolutely insane I just started actually reading the books too um because it really is such a rich world and I'm a sucker for like really rich fantasy worlds and my God, this guy just makes, this girl this is money-making machine.
0: <laughs> what, is, what is the Netflix thing that's happening, happening in December that's Witcher-related?
1: That's Blood Origin. So that's a spinoff of the main show. Um, mm. And then they're going to have season three of The Witcher. I'm not totally. I think it's next year. I think it's
0: like spring, spring or summer, or something like that, is what yeah. they announced. Which is, which is weird, because I'm used to Witcher season one and two happened during Christmas. And that's kind of like I associated that show with like, you know, having a little bit of town time during the holidays and getting to watch the new Witcher season. So, uh, I mean, I'm still going to watch I'm still going to watch the Netflix, the whatever is is this December. But, man, I just I love Henry Cavill's. Geralt. So, uh, yeah, so blood much, origin, I believe yeah.
1: has Michelle. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Michelle, Michelle Yeoh has yeah. blood
0: origin. Oh, okay. Well then I, I mean, I love her too, because yeah. that's great. So I'm into it.
1: <laughs>
0: Matt, I want to kick back to you, not about the announcements, but you had some thoughts about the way all of this was announced.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I've been in the last couple of years, uh, develop, you know, I've covered games for almost 10 years now uh, as an industry and i know one thing about the game's marketing cycle is that they love it loves secrecy and there are some mm-hmm. like unique reasons why they love secrecy or that it has to like be so secretive and i get that and I, I totally understand that there are some unique conditions right but you compare well you know you compare grand theft auto 6 and the mcu for example right rockstar announced G- the new gta game like this year mm-hmm. uh, even though it was clear, even though they were like, we've been hard at work on the next GTA game for several years, right? So they've started work on it for years ago, but they only announced it this year, and they always call it GTA 6 officially. They just keep saying the next GTA right. game. Meanwhile, you compare like Marvel, who will go up on stage at Comic-Con and be like, these are the next four Avengers movies up until 2026, mm-hmm. and they give them all names, right? They're not going to be like, this is the next Avengers movie. This is Avengers, the Kang Dynasty, and right. that is Avengers Secret Wars. They're not even... And then there's, you know, just like this is the director who's working on it. These are, the, these are the people. And and I get that there's a reason why some game companies are, are hesitant because like one of the main things is that games take much longer than movies to make. Uh, an Avengers movie, as big as it is, can be filmed in like within a year and a GTA game will take six years to make. And mm-hmm. a lot of things can change and maybe the direction changes. So it's not great to like put out a poster of GTA 6 in year two and then have it completely changed by year five. I understand that. But at the same time, the re- there is a reason why also the the leak culture and the rumor culture around games is is so is so so frenzied these is because they don't mm-hmm. get the same thing as movies right like now that people know that avengers king dynasty is coming all speculation is like oh what what's kang going to do you know like who which avengers mm-hmm. are going to fight kang right there's all that kind of stuff but pe- people are you know around games are like we don't know anything about GTA six. So we're just going to say things and make things up in some cases and see what happens. Right. And then they, and then it gets to the, and sometimes it gets to a point where someone reads something fake about GTA six and then gets mad at rockstar for not having, not doing the thing that they kind of falsely read in the first Mm -hmm. place. But that's because that's how few information was doing. And so to get back to the whole CDPR thing, this is like that, this is what Marvel is doing, right? Like they don't, they never, they didn't announce the full names, but they're just like, we've got three Witcher games coming out, we've got a full cyberpunk sequel coming out, we've got a Witcher spinoff coming out, and we have a new IP in the works. They only reveal the code name, but even that is, I think, a step forward in that in that you know, in that way. Like they are doing like an MCU style. This is our calendar for the next twenty like seven years. You don't have to speculate as hard over what we're working on. We're not keeping anything in the door. We are working on a new IP. You can speculate about that. We are working on three new Witcher games. You can speculate on a new Cyberpunk game. But it'd be like, I've heard Cyberpunk 2077 is not getting a sequel or something like that, right? And people could get mad about that. But that's not the case anymore. So I think this is a really cool sort of step forward in terms of games, not marketing, but in terms of games like, development announcements right and uh like transparency i think this can i think this can go a long way and i hope this works out uh for cdpr because i think this is gonna create like fewer headaches in some respect in terms of just sort of what how rumors and leaks around games operate.
1: you're kind of just getting ahead of it you're like you're yeah. making sure it can't leak because you're you put it out there
0: Yeah, it it reminds me a lot of Bethesda because, you know, uh, they announced Starfield with nothing more than a tiny little trailer showing a ship in space. Right. And then if people remember, immediately afterwards, they announced Elder Scrolls six with just a flyover of a map. Is it Elder Scrolls six map? We don't know. That was, like, four years ago at this point. So who knows? And a lot of people have been wondering, like, why did they announce that so early? And, and you know, in an interview with with IGN's Ryan McCaffrey, uh, Todd Howard also confirmed that Fallout 5 was a thing, right? That was a little just, like, piece of an interview. But for the Elder Scrolls thing, people wondered. People have thought, like, well, that game's in development. It's like, nope, that game's not really in development yet. This, that was a shareholder's you know that's what e3 is e3 is for shareholders it's not actually for gamers um it's kind of changing as we go along but for the most part it was supposed to be a trade show and so that was them telling them like hey you're fine to invest in our stock because if you're worried about Starfield, don't worry. There's another Elder Scrolls on the way. And it's kind of the same thing with CDPR. It's like they're getting a lot of good press right now with Edge Runners and Cyberpunk 2077 being in a really good spot that they're like, hey, now is the time to let people know that, like, CDPR is is – we're good. Look at all these things we have in development. And then what you said about marketing is is something that's kind of interesting because – A lot of people don't realize that when it comes to video game stuff, almost everything is marketing. Uh, Announcing a game's existence is marketing. Its release date is marketing. A world with no marketing means you drive to Target one day and the game is just on the shelf. A game you've never even heard of. That's not, that's a world with no marketing. And so when people wonder why they announce things a little too early, well, it's because that's what they have to do. But they don't want it to leak because that ruins their marketing. (laughs) alex i don't know what do you think
1: no i i also have to wonder like how intentional it was on cdpr's point because you bring you bring up a good point mark about it like they have to just tell their shareholders that they have Mm -hmm. stuff coming up and they're safe to invest so i have to wonder like were they writing the high that like again they have a lot of good press there's kind of a cyberpunk resurgence or were they just telling their shareholders look how much stuff we have um but either way even if it wasn't goal I think the result is good kind of what you're saying Matt like mm-hmm. you're kind of telling people what to expect you're not being unnecessarily secretive um, but you're still keeping enough close to the vest I think that like I, I feel like in order for uh, these game studios to be more transparent though like we as an audience just have to be more patient because the big mm-hmm. risk that like you were saying Matt was that people get there they start spreading rumors they get expectations maybe too high or in the wrong direction And then they disappoint themselves and they really have no one to blame but themselves or whoever told them those rumors. So I think it's just we kind of have to meet them halfway a little Mm -hmm. bit with the transparency. Do you
0: you have thoughts, being more on the entertainment side, about how entertainment is handled versus video games? Because, like, as Matt said, sometimes the the video game industry is very, very secretive. To the point where you have a Hollywood actor like Norman Reedus being like, yeah, we're working on the the next Death Stranding 2. Or, you know, just, you know, kind of hinting at that. And you have Hideo Kojima being like, look, dude, I know you're like a Hollywood actor. Uh, But you don't get to just be like, yeah. Versus movies that, because... You know, back to Norman Reedus, he lives in a world where if he's in a movie, they'll oftentimes announce the sequel before the first movie's even out. Or they'll start a show and then be like, by the way, this show that airs in three days, it's already renewed for a second season. And I'm trying to, th- I, I was trying to think of other modern day examples of Batwoman, right? But that is essentially going to be a lost film. It's a film that is complete that. We'll we'll just never see unless it comes out somehow. And I was thinking like the only other example I can think of is like the Game of Thrones pilot, the original Game of Thrones yeah, pilot that's that like
1: exists somewhere.
0: Completely shot, it's made, that's yeah. there, and none of us will ever get to watch so it. Bad. I so bad. I want it so bad. I would love to see it.
1: Well, are you talking it, about the the original Game of Thrones or the spin-off? Because they shot a spin-off pilot too.
0: No, the original where it's like half the actors are like different yeah. people.
1: Yeah, but there's, they also shot a pilot for a spinoff, the Naomi Watts one, I believe. And that's mm. also... So there are actually two Game of Thrones things that exist that we'll probably just never see.
0: Right, right. I just... I remember, like, the original Game of Thrones. I, I could have this wrong, but I'm remembering that it, it basically was just, like, it was bad. They pitched oh, it to HBO, I read, I read and they're like, this, this is not good.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And I think, like, Daenerys... I know Daenerys specifically has a different actress, but I can't yeah. remember who else... Also makes me think of Back to the Future, how half of that movie exists without, <laughs> um, you know, what's his name? Michael J. Fox as Marty McFly. Yeah. It's just somebody else because M- Michael J. Fox was too busy filming the hit movie Teen Wolf and uh, <laughs> and uh, and whatever show he was on. I forget. The comments will tell me a million times, but I forget. Uh, OK, any closing thoughts on CDPR?
2: Uh, I'm newly excited. Uh, I also, yeah, excited. I wanna. I jumped in back to Cyberpunk after watching Edrunners. Runners. Uh, I'm still. It's still at the end of the day. It's still not the game that I think was actually promised—the one with like full twenty-four hour cycles and like super smart AI and stuff like that. But like we've come. Like now that the dust is settled, and I've accepted it as a as an action action game with RPG elements, it's fun. I yeah,
1: because I, I played it when it first came out and I mm-hmm. did it. I played it how you're not supposed to play it on Xbox one and oh no. uh, dealt with all the glitches, but I still enjoyed it. So I feel like now that I have a PS five and I can um, enjoy it on next gen, I should I should give it another. chance.
0: There There is ha- there has been that recent trend of of. Uh... Of people being like, Cyberpunk was always a good game. And I'm like, I don't know if I fully agree with that. <laughs> Only because it's like, I don't think it was necessarily a bad game. But I think, mm-hmm. I think people are well within their rights to boot up Cyberpunk and it not be what they thought it was going to be. Like, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't think it's unfair to, you know, basically the, the insinuation is that the criticism laid upon it when it first released was unwarranted. And I don't agree with that. But I do like the game now. But I agree with you, Matt. Once you just get it out of your head that it's not what you thought it was going to be and you just look at it for what it is,
1: it's a pretty good game. But that's kind of what we were talking about earlier. It's like when you, when you are transparent and then mm-hmm. you give the audience all this information and then things change and they don't get what they were originally promised, they, like, their whole entire view may be negatively impacted. So that's the mm-hmm. risk you take.
0: So there yeah. was a lot of news stories. Some we had to cut for CDPR, but we got a little bit of time left. So we're gonna we're gonna revive one of them. And that is that the uh PS5, it's been jailbroken. That's it. It's over. Every game is free now. No, that's not true at all. So for
1: We did it, gang. This is the podcast. It's over.
0: <laughs> uh so basically jailbreaking is is, you know, I don't really know a ton about like The whole idea of what it does but basically it just means that you can the software is open for people to manipulate it in ways that the creators of the piece did not intend so you know one of the most famous ones would be like you know the psp being able to put emulators on it same with the wii you know those are jailbroken devices that you can use in ways that the developers didn't intend the ps5 is now in the early stages of being jailbroken. Um, everybody knows and loves Lance McDonald. He showed a video of him showing some of the debug menus and installing, of course, PT on it, because that is just basically the meme at this point, which is this lost demo that you can't install anymore, getting it on a PS5. It's it's really funny. But the only bad thing about it is, uh, apparently it only works like 30% of the time. You have to have a really, really old version of the PS5 software. And it, uh, you can't launch anything. You can only read and write. So Lance McDonald was able to put PT on his PS5, but he was not able to play it because that is just the state of uh, of the jailbreak. But Matt, does it surprise you at all that PS5 that the PS5 has already been cracked open this quickly? Uh, the early no. stages.
2: <laughs> uh, it's been three years since the PS5 has been out. Two years. Two years. It's been two years. It feels like three. I, agree. I don't know time anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not really. I mean, every console's been jailbroken eventually. Every console gets jailbroken eventually. Uh, and look, I've just re release PT. Just do it.
1: <laughs> just do it. <laughs> no. Well, that, like, as a studio, if you see people like wanting, like go jumping through these hoops to jailbreak for a game, like, wouldn't you just remake it? <laughs> it, it. it is such a
0: it's such a it's such a funny meme at this point to just be like yeah we're gonna you know this yeah. is to prove that this is this is real is by installing this like legendary demo that like you don't get to install anymore uh alex have you ever jailbroken gel- a console
1: no it, it just <laughs> it's far too techy for me i'm like yeah. i like to download my little game and let it install and I'll go do a little thing while it installs, and then I play my little game. Like This is I'm far, not... far too technical, but I, and in theory, I'm kind of like, I'm for like game preservation, and I mm-hmm. think modding um, is one way to preserve games that have been lost to history, especially now that their digital storefronts are more prevalent, um, but I will not jailbreak my PS5. Me neither. Because <laughs> I don't know Me how.
0: I, <laughs> that's why. Yep. Not, not 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 because she's afraid pieces. it'll break yeah nope. just
1: i just don't know how to do it
0: someone could come <laughs> over and they can do it but i'm yes. not doing it i was terrified to even install the like approved ssd in my ps5 because oh, it's just I, like yeah,
1: exactly
0: Am people I were like something? hey this could not <laughs> this could like mess your ps5 up and i'm like but it's impossible to get another one like <laughs> i'm afraid to touch this thing but i ended up doing it anyways and, and you, you can know, actually get ps5s now so i
2: know something funny so i've had the ps5 since launch i just mm-hmm. i literally just got an email like two days ago from playstation that was like your time in the queue is like not the, the queue but like you know where if you're like a preferred playstation customer you get access yeah. to that like special online store they are like it's almost time for you to like finally have access to this online like specialty store and i'm just like playstation I've, i own the playstation 5 you don't have to, you don't have to send me this email. <laughs> do not have access to my account details. Yeah, like, I've been, you've you've seen me watch Netflix on your, on this PS5.
1: (laughs) I'm using it a lot.
2: I'm using it. So I was just like, oh, that's good to know.
0: Um, Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how, like, I don't know. It's I know PS fives and and Series X's aren't incredibly easy to find, but it does seem like it kind of silently happened. Where if you do want a PS five, you can get it. You just have to get the Horizon mm-hmm. Forbidden West bundle. Um, oh, yeah. But it's they're not, not as, like yeah. as insane as they were.
1: Yeah, you don't have to like constantly like re like look up like when they're restocking and refresh. Like it's a little easier. Right. It's still yeah. not easy. But a little.
0: Easier. Yeah, it's still not as simple as just walking into a store and getting it, but it's a little bit easier. Well, that, that is going to do it. We did a show every week. I'm like, I, I can't believe we did it. Another episode down and IGN hasn't shut us down yet. They're gonna, until they get halfway through this episode. And they're like, all right, they're, they're done with this <laughs> Apple TV stuff. They're, they're getting out of they're here. They're
1: talking about Apple TV again.
0: <laughs> we can't stop them. We've, we've warned him several times, uh, but he just won't listen. Um, but yeah, Matt, I just have to ask. We're not going to do a, what we're playing because honestly, I'm not playing anything. Alex, yeah. I don't know if you are.
1: Disney Dreamlight Valley.
0: Oh, God. That's, that's a great game. I just. It's great. Yeah. You fought it for a while. You're like, should I do this? I play Stardew, I play Animal <laughs> Crossing. So Only it got you, huh? I know
1: how unhealthily addicted I get to these kinds of games, but I'm ready to get hurt again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Matt, do I dare ask? Uh, no, the answer is the same as the last three weeks. <laughs> it's a long game. It'll just all 40 hours long. It's long. It's hard game. It's hard tough. He's he's
0: working on it. I'm working Yeah, on it, I right? uh I'm going to turn this back into a television podcast. I uh I haven't been playing anything because I finished Better Call Saul. I started it during E3, so like early June. And uh I finished it, which I, I, and then I did the, the thing that everybody would naturally do, which is I instantly rewatched all of breaking bad after. And now I, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. I did. And I just finished that breaking bad. I just want to say is such a better paced show than better call Saul, but the characters on better call Saul. I like more than breaking bad, but better call Saul kind of has some episodes. You're like, why does this exist? I haven't
1: watched better call Saul. Okay. Well, I won't, I won't,
0: I won't. Give any more spoilers. And people love it. Don't take it. I already just know everything opinion. that
1: happens because I edited our finale review.
0: <laughs> Got, it. Got it. Oh,
1: gosh. <laughs> I was like, here's everything that happens. But it's fine. Jeez. I'm sure I'll enjoy it.
0: <laughs> it's still good. Yeah. And then I, I'm halfway through El Camino right now, which is the Breaking Bad movie. Uh, the official order I just need everybody to know is you watch all of Better Call Saul until you get to the last three episodes. Then you stop. Then you watch all of Breaking Bad, you watch El Camino, and then you go back and you watch the last three episodes of Better Call Saul. Oh, that is okay. the official order, and I won't hear otherwise.
1: Wow. Okay. Okay. We're getting yeah. into, like, know. the Star Wars exactly. kind of, yeah. like, this percent. how you watch it.
0: This is how you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> this is how younger generations need to consume this shit. The show.
1: Breaking Bad cinematic universe. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah.
0: It's kind of there uh but yeah that's gonna do it for us this week uh next week we'll have a uh you know kind of a, a mark finale episode and uh it'll be jada and matt as well um but yeah we'll uh we'll be back next week with we will we'll hopefully be a fun episode but who who knows it could be the worst episode ever uh but until then uh alex where can people find you on twitter
1: uh a underscore stud S T E D. that's me very simple to the point
0: I love it. And then, uh, of course, Matt, Law of TD, at Law of TD. One day I'll be able to say everybody's Twitters correctly. Uh, and then you can find me at Mark underscore Medina. I want to thank all of you for being on the show today. Thank you for uh, keeping with uh, the, the theme, Alex. I knew having you on would be perfect, seeing as this is the world's number one entertainment podcast. So it's it's uh, it was very on brand to have you. Watch
1: Severance.
0: Uh, watch Severance. Uh thank you to Red behind the scenes who's producing. I always forget to thank the producers, so I, I'm I'm glad I made it I made it today. And uh yeah, we will see everybody next week. But until then, beyond. Beyond. Beyond.
2: Yes. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> we did it. <laughs> yeah.